Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. And I'm your host, or at least one of them, uh, Benjamin Rangel. And on today's episode, we're talking to two folks who are part of an organization working hard to make a, a big change in our community, a change in the way that we pay for and receive utilities, in particular, our electricity. And so as many of you know, especially if you live in southeastern Wisconsin, we currently get our electricity through Wheat Energies, which is a corporation, and their main responsibility is to provide us with the energy to our homes, businesses, so on and so forth, right? However, some folks, uh, in particular the people running the Power to the People campaign uh, through the Democratic Socialists of America here in Milwaukee, are trying to convince the public that actually it would be better for this utility to be owned by you all, the people, publicly owned. Now, this is something that might seem a bit radical, but it happens all over the country all the time. There are millions of people who get their electricity from publicly owned utilities, as you'll hear in a bit. And so our episode today includes a conversation with me, our other producer, Daisy Espana, and two folks working hard on this campaign, Anna Dvorak and Gregory Brown. Before we jump in, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons. That's right. There are people all over the community contributing on a monthly basis at patreon.com slash purchase city. You can give as little as $4 and 14 cents. That's 414 represent the city of Milwaukee. $4.14 to support local community journalism like this, where we're talking to people who might not always get the mainstream coverage they deserve about things that they're trying to change in their very own community. So again, consider becoming a patron or, you know, if anything, just follow us on social and share where you can. Also, before we jump in, I just want to say that the Power to the People campaign, which you're going to hear about in just a bit, is hosting a town hall on the south side of Milwaukee this Saturday, September 23rd from 12 to 2 at the Kosciuszko Community Center here on the south side of Milwaukee, 2201 South 7th Street to be exact. So again, if you're interested in what you're about to hear, you want to learn more, attend the town hall Saturday, September 23rd from 12 to 2. All right, let's jump in. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Anna and Greg, for being on Bridge the City. We're excited to have you. Uh, can you just start by introducing yourselves? Yeah, um, thank you so much for having us here. I'm Anna Dvorak. I've been an organizer in the city for about a decade um, I've worked in nonprofits, um, and I currently am a labor organizer for uh, education workers. And yeah, I'm just I'm also the co-chair of the Milwaukee DSA, um, which is a you know the largest socialist organization in the state of Wisconsin. So really happy to be here. Uh, hi, my name is uh, Greg Brown. Um, I've I'm involved as well with the Milwaukee DSA. I'm on the executive committee, um, and uh, Additionally, uh, really involved with this Power to the People campaign that we're going to be talking about today. I'm the uh, the chair of the uh, steering committee for that campaign. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of my work is specifically around around that. Great. Well, thank you again, Anna and Greg, for being on Bridge the City. We're specifically here, Greg, as you mentioned, to talk about the Power to the People campaign. Something I know a bit about. Um, I know Daisy's done some work on that too. But can you give our listeners a bit of a background on the inception of the campaign? How far along is it? And sort of what are the main goals? Anna or Greg, either of you can start with this one. Uh, so this is a campaign to turn our um, electrical utility, that's what uh, heats, uh, not just our electrical, or sorry, our energy utilities, uh, which both heat and electric, um, to from a private investor-owned corporation to a 
public u- utility, which would mean that the people who use the utility actually own it either through the city or directly through a cooperati- uh, cooperative um, method. And so, yeah, that's that's the high level of this goal is we're, we're out talking to folks about what that could mean for them. It's it, We can get more into this, I'm sure, um, but it generally lower bills and whatnot, um, more controls over the resources. And so we've been talking to people about that because we know that there's a uh, law on the books in the state of Wisconsin that would allow cities at the uh, municipal level to to make those changes, to actually uh, start a process that would allow the power that we use to turn our light switch, uh, the, anything we're generating to actually be owned by you know normal folks instead of people on Wall Street. Yeah, well, mm. I, I kind of want to just talk about why this is important or why it's why it's needed for working families here in the in the city. So like climate change is here, right? And if you like, you know, I know this podcast is called Bridge the City. If you drive over uh, the Hone Bridge, you can see like smoke from wildfires. Like it is here. And our I mean, honestly, our leaders, um, our elected leaders and the corporations that largely fund their campaigns, like they're showing us that they are not up to the task of addressing it. And so um, we think that it is like past time to get more people, um, you know, to realize that they can make a difference in something like this. And um, that, you know, there there are real, like, structural changes that we can make. This I mean, this is a radical idea, right? Taking over a corporation and putting it back in the hands of the people, um, you know, that's a radical idea. And it is something that we can achieve. Um, and I, you know, I mean, in, in a really, in how we've been able to connect with people in the city about this is, like, at a very practical level, like it's going to lower utility bills. Like studies show that, you know, rates are lower for public utilities. It's there's more reliable service, which people also want. Like I know my own, uh, like on Thanksgiving when I was cooking, like my power went out and I had to like make the whipped cream like by hand and it was not (laughs) fun. You know, like it's just like, Gosh, I mean, we just give them so much of our paychecks. And I, I know there are families that have to choose between paying their utilities and having heat and energy versus, you know, uh, buying prescription medicine that's important to them or groceries or paying rent. And it's just like, this doesn't have to be the case. Um, and that's that's why we're fighting for this. Okay, so it sounds like there are two ways for the city to acquire we energies, making it a publicly owned utility condemnation and negotiated uh, purchase which of the two ways are you all advocating for the city to pursue overall um it would likely be a negotiated purchase rather than a condemnation just because of the the amount of power that we energies currently holds um i obviously would have the conversation um and and but we're going to do what ultimately is what's best for the people of Milwaukee. And so we're, when we want to approach that, um, it's going to be part of a long process that includes um, legal dis- further legal discussion. We do have a legal memo that touches on the ways that this can happen. But what we're more concerned with here isn't so much the fact, the, the, the legal processes, because ultimately the legal processes are there. But what is not right there now is a force big enough to take on We Energies. And so that's ultimately the bigger question here. Yeah. And I would just say, Anna, to what you said earlier, you mentioned that this is sort of a radical idea to sort of require this this corporation. And 
it's important to note that there are three general different types and um, it's not radical to have a publicly owned utility necessarily because mm-hmm. that exists all over the country. But for me, having grown up in Racine my whole life and then oh, until college and then Milwaukee, we energies has literally been the only thing that I've been aware of. And so originally it was like, Oh, aren't all utilities investor owned private things? It's like, no, absolutely not. So it is, it might seem radical to acquire, but it's not radical to have a publicly owned utility. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like cities like LA and Seattle have public utilities. Like this is totally possible. Um, and I think like what's missing here is like the political will to do it, the mm-hmm. power to do it. And so that's why we're out talking to people, you know, every single week we're collecting hundreds of petitions um, and actually having conversations like face to face with people like, did you know that this is even an option, right? Like that there is an alternative to We Energies, like you said, and, um, and it could be much better. Um, and this is how it can actually like impact your life. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to build is like, a movement to pressure our politicians or even, you know, get new ones in office who are willing to stand up and be leaders in this fight, uh, you know, for dignity and, uh, you know, justice for uh, working people, for environmental justice, um, all of these things. So, yeah. Yeah. And then in my research, which was fun to dig into, there was like a lot I had to learn in, in preparation for this. And there's still a ton I could probably learn myself, but I learned that there's three, generally three different ownership types for utilities. There's investor owned, which we energies is there's publicly owned, which we mentioned many cities and, and then there's also cooperatives and you sort of Greg mentioned that in your, your introduction there. Uh, and so right now it, we energy is investor owned and investor owned utilities serve roughly 110 million customers across the country compared to 24 million publicly owned. Uh, what do you all see as the benefits of the switch? You kind of mentioned some of those and this idea of cooperatives. What Would there be a potential to not have it publicly owned, but move to a cooperatively owned? Yeah. So the, basically the, different, the difference there is whether the city should act as the intermediary between oh. the, um, the, the house and the um, infrastructure, basically. So um, there, there are pros and cons to each. Um, of course, like a, co- a cooperative, system gives the individual a lot of autonomy um, with how to, you know, generate but it, their energy. However, there are uh, studies that tend to favor municipal uh, structures, specifically with larger cities, because it just it takes more of a force to keep the infrastructure itself um, maintained. Uh, so there are pros and cons. Like, as of now, we're open to both options because either one would certainly serve the people of this city better than the current uh, system, which, you know, is posting above expected profits on Wall Street. You can Google this. You can look this up online. The, the, these are publicly posted. Their parent company, WC Energy Group, are, are making good money. And they're asking for higher and higher bills. And um, that kind of math uh, is, as of now, out of our control. There are people that are not you and me making these decisions in rooms where we don't get to come and, and, and have the conversation. This would change all that. Um, either way, normal folks, that's folks who don't own access to, you know, the infrastructure as it is, but who are just having to pay and stay alive, for goodness sakes, they're going to be the ones making these decisions through, you know, either directly or through... Um, 
the intermediary of the the city. Um, obviously, with a city government that is much more robust and powerful than right now. And when I say robust and powerful, I mean actually able to do the things we want them to do. Um, actually willing to be bold enough to serve the people rather than to continue to serve these you know these giant um, corporations. So um, either way, there's 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 good to be had for the the ratepayer for the for the homeowner. And anything else to add? In particular, maybe anything. Uh, it sounds like you're approaching this potential change from a, a lens of its support for addressing climate change and the climate catastrophe that we have before us, right? So, can you maybe talk a little bit more about like why would a publicly owned or cooperatively owned utility be better to address climate change than mm-hmm. an investor owned? Might- yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know I. As a socialist, I come from the analysis that like the root causes of a lot of, uh, of basically all of our problems comes down to capitalism, right? And so, um, what you have when you have a large corporate investor-owned corporation like that is they are driven by profit. They aren't driven by uh, goodwill. They're not driven by um, democracy or what what their customers want right they're not uh they're 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 there to make money for their shareholders at any cost right like and off the backs of working people and i i think that that leads to um inevitably um an unjust system that exploits working people and ex- and um extracts resources from our environment and um it's it's i mean a sort of key tenant of of capitalism and business is growth, right? Like you always want to grow, grow, grow. And the reality is we have finite resources on planet Earth, right? And we need to learn how to have more renewable energy sources. There's been a lot of green capitalist, like, you know, sort of um, ideas and gimmicks like put out there. And it's just, they've, they've, it's just like, I've always been skeptical, skeptical of them, but they've just shown us like it doesn't work, right? Because they aren't actually interested in addressing the climate crisis and doing what's necessary. They're interested in um, appearing that they are, right? But it's it's always just been sort of band-aid solutions on this cancer that is destroying our environment and um, and making us sick. And you know, yeah. So, so the idea there is that there will never, like, you can never trust an investor-owned utility to have the public interest or the earth's interest that comes before the profit, the interest for profit. Yeah. I mean, there might be, you know, there might be an individual investor who says that they are about that. And that, that might be very well and true, but the, the practical matter is that like the way that they're set up is not, it's not democratic. It's they're, they're motivated by profit. They're not motivated by environmental good or what's just and fair for communities. Right. And I I actually have some, some numbers that kind of support that. Um, so, I mean, in, uh, according to, uh, studies, 65% of Wisconsinites support, uh, using more renewable resources. Like it's a pretty popular idea here in, uh, Wisconsin. Um, renewables currently make up 6% of we energy's mix. Um, so, I mean, they're well behind the, um, climate Paris climate, uh, goals, which most people who are serious about, you know, making sure that we have an earth and a couple generations say is, is rather paltry to begin with. Um, so we energy's has committed to, uh, uh, eliminating coal by the year of 2035 
Um, but again, that's behind the the Paris Climate Accords um, paltry goals. But where we see the even trouble, even more trouble, is they're not even really going for that. And at the end of um, uh, July 2022, which is some of the most recent data on this on the subject, they were 25 to 30 percent behind their own weak carbon reduction goals. This is why, at the same while at the same time. If uh, if I were a forward, maybe a progressive thinking resident or something that really wants to, or maybe just a very money conscious resident who wants to uh, generate solar um, uh, for my for my home to 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 maybe like cut out some of the, the the both the extra price and the fossil fuels. As it stands right now, the system requires, but through We Energies, the way that We Energies has it set up, those individuals to sell their energy to We Energies and then buy it back foundation of the situation is again going to be discouraging you know average homeowners you know folks who don't have you know multiple homes kind of you know from from making common sense choices that would save them money and keep the world looking better for them and keep you know keep our skies from being filled with smoke on given days it's it's uh, pretty obvious that there is an imposition here yeah uh, I got one more question, then Daisy has a few to... Um, mine goes maybe away from folks who might be like hyper aware of the, the climate crisis, maybe a- away from folks who might not identify as, as uh, socialist or see the, you know, the drawback of investor-owned corporations and so on and so forth. For folks who are just like, I live in Milwaukee and I experience outages and I hate it, right? Like I, your Thanksgiving story, right? I have, you know, felt like a half a dozen times or or more last year, my power was out at my house, which was frustrating and didn't make any sense to me. And it was, it was, it was annoying, right? So for those folks, there's some data that, that I found as well, which essentially shows that the Energy Information Administration releases this data and they calculate like reliability of utilities. And according to 2021, We Energies had the worst numbers in the state and all municipal utilities. So utilities owned by municipalities here in the state of Wisconsin, on average, were 11 times well, we energies had uh, uh, on average eleven times more time without power. So, if you were a customer from We Energies, you were experiencing no having no power in your home eleven times more frequently than the average customer who who has their utilities from a, a city or municipality. So, one uh, one question could be: Is that a result of the fact that Milwaukee and We Energies just has a larger customer base? They're serving more people, and those smaller municipal-owned utilities just serve fewer people. That therefore they have less, you know, challenges with their infrastructure or keeping the power on. What would you say to that question? Is that necessarily the case? Yeah. Um, I, I, yes, I have something to say to the question. Not. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I, to be honest, I mean, the, most of the cities that have robust municipal structures are, are large cities. It's it's not something that we need to, to reinvent the wheel here. You're able to get the infrastructure out. And in fact, um, one of the differences between the cooperative and municipal um, uh, models that makes the municipal a bit more um, efficient is the fact that you, you're getting more homes poor per you know foot of infrastructure you know you're able to just get this up there a little bit easier rather than having to go over the hills and under the rivers and all of it so i mean there is that's so it, it, it kind of actually should be the opposite because we have more people in similar place should be easier to to distribute um those many most of the places that we're talking about are large cities and um numbers from within uh wisconsin itself speak to exactly what you're saying that the municipal and cooperatively owned receive better services and the reason is is it's simple 
if you're not paying that money out to investors who can do whatever they want with it, you're paying it back specifically to the infrastructure for the people it serves. So, I mean, it's a numbers game. If you, you pour more money, you know, you're not having to skim more money off the top to give the investors, but rather just returning it all to the infrastructure, it's going to last better. Uh, it's, makes sense. Yeah. And just one thing I'd add to that, like we energies is a monopoly, right? Like it's not like, you know, True. part of the, one of the things that were, you know, taught about capitalism is like, Oh, well, you know, consumers have a choice and they can, you know, shop around and find the best deal. Well, we don't have any choices. And I would also argue that even having choices would not be a real solution either, but like, um, they're mo- they're not motivated by reliable service. That doesn't necessarily turn a profit for them. Um, you know, if we have a municipal run utility, we could make sure that affordability, reliability, um, you know, the people, the things that the actual consumers want would be a reality, right? So can you talk a little bit about when you guys launched this Power to the People campaign and what has been the overall like reaction or response of the public since then? And how do you keep people engaged, um, knowing that a, com- a, a campaign like this one can take years to be successful or can potentially fail? Yeah. Um, so as far as keeping people engaged, we Energy's gonna done a very good job of that themselves. Um, they're raising rates. Uh, you know, we're talking of more raising rates after last uh, winter's eleven percent, and and. and normal folks out buying out having to buy groceries and take care of their families and take care of their loved ones and and so on you know they're they're mad about their bills they they i don't have to go out and tell someone to be mad about their bill they're already mad about it so that i mean keeping people engaged that's i mean uh, they're not helping themselves in that because this is on top of people's mind every month they get their bill in the mail um and i but i i I think that launching it and what we're doing is 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 largely activating people who may realize like this isn't right and i don't know what to do about it well there is something we can do about it it's getting folks together in a room and saying hey what what actions is it going to take to make this make this change actually happen for us and yeah i kind of want to tell a little bit about the story behind like how this all started like so We've been meeting, like we have a working group in the DSA called uh, the Eco-Socialist Working Group, and this sort of came out of that. And I mean, this has been discussed for years and it's, we've done research and we, you know, started to get people involved and stuff like that. And it was very, it was very small to begin with, but we officially launched this campaign back in December. And, you know, and at that point we were trying to get other organizations, environmental justice organizations, um, you know, just uh, elected officials, you know, anyone, uh, you know, different leaders on board with this. And a lot of them were, were, you know, not willing to, right? This is a radical idea. Um, and, you know, and we, we were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this town hall. I don't know if we're ready yet, but we're going to launch this campaign. And we did in September and we had a packed room. There were over a hundred people at the Washington park senior center, um, in December. And I mean, it blew, it blew me out of the water. If I think it really spoke to, I mean, you know, we worked hard to get the word out, but it really spoke to how, needed this is in the community and how much it would actually impact people's lives, how popular of an idea this is. Um, and so, you know, since then we've actually seen more, uh, people reach out to us wanting to, 
get in on this, right? Like organizations have now signed on more and things like that. And so that's been really uh, great to see. And we've just really like the campaign has really blown up. I mean, we've collected thousands of signatures on our petition and, you know, at knocking on doors or just standing outside of grocery stores or whatever, being at festivals. I mean, people are like, I mean, they're like, yes, please give it to me. I want to sign, you know, like, like this, I've, it's the easiest canvassing I've ever done. Like this really resonates with working people in the city. Uh, and so what would a transition from a investor owned utility to a publicly owned utility look like? Um, and then what happens to the over 2000 employees that are currently employed at We Energies? So we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, right? Because we're not there yet. But what we're going to do is we're going to make sure people don't lose service, right? That's our number one priority is making sure that people continue to receive service. That we want things to get better for folks. But what this is going to be is actually going to be probably a longer like legal battle, like lots of offices, lots of trying to obscure what we're actually talking about here to make it some kind of business ease. No, we're, we're, what this is ultimately going to look like is, is people standing together. Because uh, in short, we're not able to, to scout out exactly what happens in the courtroom every step of the way. It's a wild place right now. Like, and especially whenever we have discussion of, of um, some of the typical partisan politics, just really keeping us from engage, you know, on the surface, keeping people from engaging in, in, in issues that affect their, their your economic conditions. Um, but I will say that... Uh, we're centering the workers in this in our, um, in our legal memo, that which you could find at powertothepeople.mke.org. Uh, uh, under uh, current law, uh, public workers can't, they, they, they can't use um, collective bargaining um, because of the Scott Walker right to work nonsense from, you know, and I guess it's been about a decade ago. Yeah, over um, a decade. Yeah, yeah good Lord. Um, so uh, so with that, with the question here about it's 2000 workers is okay if this becomes a public uh entity then what's gonna happen to those workers they're gonna lose their collective bargaining status we say no we don't want that we've we've sought out a, a legal memo and part of that does address this issue by doing as we do with the county bus drivers and actually having a uh, a cutout that is private and it just employs them until we can get right to work repealed mm. basically so they would be employed by an entity that does nothing but employ them while the people still own the infrastructure. So they have the collective bargaining so rights still. Exactly. Yeah. So they'd be able to maintain their collective bargaining rights and claim, uh, you know, still claim their union status. I think, you know, I just want to give the example of, uh, you know, a um, an entity in Milwaukee that already does this. Um, so the Milwaukee County Transit actually has like a private entity that manages the workers. And so they are able to have a contract um, and they're represented by uh ATU, the amalgamated transit uh, union. And, um, and so we, you know, we want to ensure that the workers, uh, you know, are able to continue to have family supporting jobs. We want them to, to still have a voice in their workplace. And that's absolutely important to this. Yeah. Uh, I just want to ask, like, I know you mentioned the thousands of petitions that you guys have collected and continue to collect like weekly. Um, is there a specific number you guys are looking for or what do you do exactly with those petitions that you collect? Yeah. Um, there's not a specific number we're looking for. The number that we're looking for is the number that, uh, you know, pushes the people in power to do the right thing and do it the right way. 
Um, this is a peti- this petition gathering campaign is not trying to begin some legal mechanism. We're not trying to check a box here. We're trying to build tangible support to push the people in power to do the right to, to make the right choice here and to to use Chapter One Ninety Seven to uh, give people of Milwaukee public energy. Mm. Yeah. And then you submitted those petitions to summer, right? We've submitted the first um, 2,000 of them at City Hall on April 21st, the day before Earth Day. And, you know, because it's like Anna said, in fact, it affects the environment. Um, and so, but we're, we've been, we're still gathering them since then. We'll, I mean, we'll have to uh, deliver the next ones when it's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's plenty of ways that folks can take action. Um, so there, uh, we do have an online petition um, and you can go to power to the people mke.org. Um, to find that. Um, and so sign our petition. You can also donate to our campaign. Um, all the money that's donated basically goes towards, towards printing petitions and printing flyers to get the word out about this campaign. So it's really important. Um, and we're, we're always trying to, to raise funds. Nice. And yeah, that brings us into our last question, which is just action steps. Bridges City is all about action, getting people involved. So that's a great one, Anna, to start off with to support the campaign. Greg, is there any action steps you have for our listeners? Sign the petition, get in touch with us. Let's talk about getting your community, specifically your neighborhood, your street, getting folks involved because that's what it's going to take to win this is reestablishing social relations with people that we live next to because we're all in this together. Thank you so much for listening to Bridge the City. Thank you to Daisy Espana who helped produce this episode, to Anna and Gregory for taking your time to talk with us about your campaign. And as you may have heard, there's some action steps at the end of that episode, but the most important one, if you liked what you heard, you're interested in learning more about the Power to the People campaign, they are hosting a Southside Town Hall on Saturday, September 23rd. That's this Saturday, September 23rd, from 12 to 2 at the Kashiesco Community Center. That's at uh, 2201 South 7th Street here in Milwaukee on the south side. Again, that's this Saturday, the 23rd from 12 to 2. Learn more about the Power to the People campaign there. With that, please reach out. Let us know how you have helped bridge the city. Bridge the city.